This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Savor, production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about Pizzelle. Or Pizzelle, depending on how you pronounce it. Oh dear. Um, well... <laughs> In that case, uh, uh, apologies <laughs> for our pronunciations in advance. Um, yeah, I really don't know much about this one. Was there a particular reason it was on your mind, Lauren? Uh, well, okay. I hadn't had – this is a type of cookie. I hadn't had these cookies until adulthood when um, someone – gave me a a Christmas cookie tin um, that included them. And I was like, these are excellent. Um, and I was thinking for some reason, because the holidays are in fact upon us, that uh, I was thinking about Christmas cookies. And I was like, what about those? I don't even know what to call them. Um, uh, I, I never got a name for them. So, uh, so yeah. So I started looking into it and I was like, oh, this is, this is fascinating. Let's do that one. They are very pretty. And they have a history of, a very interesting history mm -hmm. of making them very pretty. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's part of why, right, I was excited about the topic as well, because like anytime we get to talk about a technology, that's cool. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I also didn't realize, it, it makes sense now, given the human who introduced me to them, but like it is a specifically like Ohio, Pennsylvania West Virginia tri-state area cookie here in the United States. Hmm. But, yeah. Which is also why the pronunciation varies. Um, I'm nearly positive that in the Italian it should be pizzelle, but I, I understand that Americans pronounce it both pizzelle or pizzelle. So. <laughs> okay. I kind of love that. I I, I know that uh, it chafes at people, but I sort of love when you hear the different 
pronunciations that get adopted. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. It's just interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, right. Here here in Atlanta, we have a road called Ponce de Leon. And that's oh, how you say it. One of my favorites is, uh, is it Austin has the Guadalupe? <laughs> right. And it most certainly <laughs> should be Guadalupe. Yes. Like, well, I, I I won't say anything, but I could have sworn going in it should have been Guadalupe. <laughs> Guadalupe. Um, yes. Uh, those interesting pronunciation mm-hmm. things that happen, I, I'm very fascinated by. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can see our episode on waffles, I would say. Sure. Uh, specifically for our discussion on waffle iron. Uh-huh. On the waffle iron. Other other baked goods. Yes. Other baked goods. Other cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I guess that brings us to our question. I guess it does. The Pazelle or Pazelle. What is it? Well, uh, Pazelle are a type of white wheat flour cookie made with a specialized waffle iron that that clamps shut and presses the batter into a flat patterned disc, usually, and uh, cooks it quickly on both sides to a sort of cracker texture, um, which can be anywhere from an an airy crisp to a sort of soft chew or or a denser crunch. They're flavored with things like vanilla, citrus, or perhaps most famously anise. Um, And you get an almost like caramel flavor from the hot iron, especially if you cook them a little bit crisper. The iron's pattern might be geometric or floral or kind of snowflake-ish or family-level personal. Uh, if you shape the crisp while they're while they're hot and pliable um, you, into a bowl or a cone, um, they'll hold the shape when they cool, and uh, and you can fill them with stuff like jam or cream filling or Nutella. They are often made for holidays like Christmas, Easter, or weddings, um, and served with a dusting of powdered sugar or a dip in chocolate or maybe sandwiched with a filling or just by themselves, uh, maybe with a hot drink like coffee or tea or hot chocolate. They're they're like a cross between a waffle and a waffle cone. They're, and again, the texture can vary, but but in my experience, uh, they're just this like crisp, melty little nibble of delightful nothing. They they feel a little bit like a fey food. Oh, <laughs> I <Yeah>. love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but right. So so the same way that you can have differences and preferences around the texture of like a chocolate chip cookie. You can have differences in pizzelle. Um, Your balance of eggs to flour and the type of fat that you use are going to change your batter consistency. You can cook them for shorter or longer. More flour and less time generally gives you a softer, kind of cakier cookie. Um, Some recipes call for olive oil, some for melted butter, some for a little bit of both. Uh, Olive oil will give you the most crisp. All butter will give you a a softer thing. I've seen recipes that replace uh, some of the fat with milk for an even thinner batter, like like pancakes that you cook to a crisp. I've seen recipes that call for creaming, solid butter, or shortening with sugar so that you get a thicker dough, like drop cookies, um, with more air in it so they stay airier once you cook them. Um, you can beat air into the batter if you're using a liquid fat, too. Um, and recipes do often use baking powder to help them puff up a bit, um, it, you know, expand to fill all the nooks and crannies of the iron. And you can see our muffin episode or our cream of tartar episode for a little bit more on that. Uh, but but basically, baking powder is a mix of stuff that will create tiny bubbles of carbon dioxide when exposed to moisture. So, yeah. 
You can also flavor them with anything you like, um, though you're, you're generally looking not to like change the texture too much. So a lot of extracts wind up getting used or, um, or liquors. Uh, anise flavoring is again, perhaps the most traditional, um, in the form of ground anise seeds or anise oil or extract or anisette liquor, which is a sweetened anise type of booze. People like arguing about which it is most appropriate to use. Uh, these wind up, in my opinion, uh, having this like absolutely beguiling hint of herbal bitterness to them that I really enjoy. Um, but vanilla is popular too, or zest from a lemon, or chopped nuts, or almond flavoring, or cocoa, or orange liqueur. I've also seen flavors from like maple to espresso to cinnamon to dulce de leche to gingerbread to strawberry to pumpkin spice. Yes, anything goes. Mm. Um, and also, right, how much batter you use per cookie and how thin your iron actually presses the batter is going to make a difference too. Um, most irons are about five inches in diameter. That's like 13 centimeters, but they can be larger or smaller um, or can come in different shapes like hearts or rectangles. Though the name does come from the Italian for like little round flat thing, um, like like pizza, uh, like pizza um, uh, round, and then LA for for small. Um, Pizzelle, by the way, is the plural. Um, the singular is pizzella. Anyway, uh, people do have opinions about those irons. Uh, capital O opinions. The traditional ones are uh, handheld cast iron pieces with these long handles, um, often in a different material like wood, so that you can cook each each cookie over an open fire or like even a gas stovetop. It's um it, it's like a sandwich or clamshell. You know, you're, you're meant to put a bit of batter down on one side, close the thing up, and then sort of gently move it around and rotate it so that the batter cooks evenly on both sides. As with any cast iron piece, people get really passionate about working up a good seasoning on it so that it releases cleanly. Um, newer irons might be made with other materials like aluminum. And there are also countertop electric irons these days, um, which are like hypothetically a little bit less fussy, but some people enjoy the fuss. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm. um, ideally, these things cook in just like 30 to 60 seconds, like such a brief cooking time, like just until they stop steaming um, and reach like a, like a light golden brown. It does take a little bit of patience from what I understand to learn when they're ready. Um, though some electric irons have a little indicator light that pops on that's meant to help. If you choose to embark on this home cooking journey, there are so many recipes online. Um, you know, but but you're basically going to have to figure out what works for your particular iron and even your particular batch. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a, a dessert, Lauren, that is your, a concoction that you can c consider yours? Oh, uh, no, no, not really. Um, all of mine are certainly based upon other recipes. Um, yeah. I do have one, like, clementine almond cake that I've made very specifically mine. But, mm. um, yeah, it's like almond flour and um, whole clementines that you boil and then um, pulp, like pulp into, into just an absolute liquid and um, covered in chocolate ganache. That's my thing. Oh, that sounds pretty good. 
because I feel like I feel like a lot of these Pizzelle are they, they got stamped. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. That's a very specific thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, what about the nutrition? Ah, uh, they're a treat. Treats are nice. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, we have a number <laughs> for you. <laughs> Yes, yes, hard to track down on this one, um, but there, uh, I, I found for one American company that makes Pizzelle irons um, called C. Palmer Manufacturing, they can make up to 10,000 electric Pizzelle irons every year, um, and that's as of this year, 2023. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm not sure that they do make that many every year or that they sell that many every year. Um, uh, but but they have made up to 10,000 relatively recently, I think, was what the article was getting at. Well, again, listeners, this is a – if you have <laughs> such an iron, <laughs> if you have a, a specific – iron that was designed for your family oh my goodness please let us know please send pictures oh yeah also um on a vaguely related note if you have within your community or family history the concept of a cookie table at a wedding this is a thing that i learned is like a pittsburgh thing and i need to know more i need to know more about them my gosh yes please (laughs) Please. But I guess this does bring us to the history section. It does. It does. Uh, And we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip together. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. 
No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Okay, so a lot of sources claim that the Pazelle cookie can be traced back to the 8th century and this treat out of Rome. Uh, they called it crustule, crustule, or crustulum. Uh, many sources argue that this is one of the oldest cookies in our repertoire of cookies. And we have done several episodes on cookies. I think the definition of a cookie can vary. Oh, yeah. So this, yeah. your mileage may vary. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah. A lot of people did say that. Um, others believe that the history of the Pazelle goes back to ancient Greek and Rome uh, when there were bread stamps. And these were like forms of bread would be stamped with these geometric patterns, which are very similar to Pazelle. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these patterns later became very Christian and perhaps representative of eating the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, uh, a written record from a 19th century Italian historian suggests that this cookie, in its more modern version, originated around that time in southern central Italy. Yeah, uh, the Abruzzo region, east of Rome. And, yeah, I believe there are irons dating back to, like, the late 17 to early 1800s. Yes, and in these early days, the cookies were pressed between two iron plates attached to two handles that were rotated over open flame, which I think, again, we talked about in the the waffle episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, another regional name for these cookies is uh, ferratelle. Um, fera for the iron that the presses are made of. Oh. Um, and some of these presses were commissioned to have family crest. Um, these decorative plates were prized heirloom things that were passed down through generations, as were the recipes and techniques. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, two places in Italy in particular like to lay claim to Pizzelle, Coculo and Sal. As the story goes, several centuries ago, Coculo was overrun with snakes. Um, okay. As you, you do. saw. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hope not, but yeah, sure. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I like snakes, but I don't want to be overrun with snakes. No, I'll say that. No, uh-uh. Yeah. Um, so to solve this problem, a priest set the local fields on fire, driving out the serpents, and Pizzelle were, legend has it, created to celebrate the lack of snakes. <laughs> a, um, good, a good thing to celebrate, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's a very specific celebration. Uh, And this, yes, led to the Festival of the Snakes, a celebration still held in Kokulo where people eat pizzelle. And some people allegedly bring their own snakes. I have seen photographs of this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Again, listeners, 
if you have these photographs, please yes. send them to us. Yes. Meanwhile, Saul uh, has a Pizzelle festival of its own, celebrating a 12th century monk with Pizzelle hanging from tree branches as offerings, amongst other things. I I could not find sources on the Pizzelle element of these festivals that were not from like directly Pizzelle related blog kind of sources. Um, so so right, like like. Write in. Let us know. Um, meanwhile, I did read that in some communities, uh, Pizzelle presses were often part of a bride's dowry early on, and that that's how the cookies became popular at weddings. Oh, okay. Makes um, sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Pizzelle made their way to the United States with waves of Italian immigrants around the turn of the 20th century. Um, and again, perhaps especially to the like Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, tri-state area. There may have been a particular population from the, like, Pizzelle tradition region that was settling there. I did try looking into that. It's a little bit sticky to track down. Um, But I strongly suspect that part of why that area really took to Pizzelle, whereas other areas with lots of Italian immigrants didn't necessarily, is that, especially at the time, this was an area with a lot of machine works. Um, you know, coal and coke and steel and iron were all big trades. Uh, still are in some, in, in, to, to some extent. Um, you know, people living there had these jobs, had the knowledge and materials and technology to recreate new versions of these specialized irons that, that they had in their family or that they remembered from their childhoods. Um, so, I, so I suspect, yeah, that in some other Italian-American communities, Pizzelli traditions faded away simply from, like, lack of equipment, but they flourished here. I don't know. Just a theory. Well, in the 20th century, an electric Pizzelli press was invented that helped it go more commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, though you can still order personalized irons um, engraved with maybe a date or your initials or a short message. Uh, and new materials hit the scene throughout the 1900s. Um, first aluminum by like mid-century-ish, then Teflon in the 1980s. Uh, okay, I found two American companies that started making these electric irons around the same time in the 1950s. And I've seen both listed as the first electric Pizzelle iron. Um, maybe some others as well. Uh, I couldn't track down the specific patents, so I'm not sure. But... Okay. Um, one one of these claims, or a, a claim is as strong is a strong sentence, but 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 one of these companies was called uh, Demarco Electric, and it introduced an electric model in 1956 in Ohio, after the owner, one Charles Demarco, uh, made one for himself and like started to get inquiries about it from his neighbors. They were doing cast iron plates uh, at the time on these things, and. Um, the other company was all right. This Italian American family company called. C. Palmer Manufacturing, aforementioned. The company was started in 1943 in this dude's basement in Pennsylvania. One Carmen Palmieri, um, who had been born in Abruzzo and came over with his parents in 1914, started making stuff like noodle machines and ravioli molds and these aluminum pizzelle irons. By the 1950s, his son John joined him, having been in electronics in the Navy, and so they developed an electric pizzelle iron together. Um... By the 70s, they were able to offer, like, inexpensive custom dyes. 
Carmen passed away in 2011 at the age of 96, but the company is still a major Pizzelli iron player today, um, and the company is still in the family in the third generation. Huh. Well, again, listeners, if you have a custom Pizzelli Oh, my iron, goodness. If you have one that's just been passed down through your family, um, <sighs> please let us know. Because uh, yeah. I think that's so – that's – I love that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, where your your family is sort of having this uh, specifically a design that is your family design, whether it is very personal or whether it is just this is the irons that you have. Yeah, um, and then uh, making making these cookies out of that. So I I love that. So yeah, we want to hear please. about if if you have traditions surrounding this, please, 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 please let us know. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, and any recipes as well. But oh, yeah. I think in the meantime, that is what we have to say about Pizzelle for now. It is. Uh, we do already have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, Time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. back thank you sponsor yes thank you all right back with the snow 
<laughs> it was you that know? was being squished in a press, if you guys couldn't it, tell. Yeah, yeah. It was. <laughs> I think it worked out well, but we'll see. Also, super producer Andrew does amazing work. Oh yeah. Let's just say it. <laughs> oh yes. Thank you. Thank you, Thank super you. producer Andrew. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we have a message from Arik who wrote about a couple of things. Um, Arik wrote, nice trifecta. Malted milk is an interesting product. Pretty versatile, good taste. I think it takes a good ice cream shop to really do a malt properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, malted milk balls are good, but to me, another one of those things you have to be in the mood for. The other thing I found with them, though, when the craving hits, look out. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you have only a few. Otherwise, you can find yourself in a food coma. Uh, Crawdads. Oh, crawdads. Growing up in Ohio, we actually had a lot that grew in the creek behind us. I do love a good boil, but haven't been to one in years. I think unless they are really fresh, they lose something. I've had the frozen and such, and there's just something different. It is not bad, but I really think the difference is only worth it if you have to stop the craving. Mm. Um, while not the same as they are saltwater-based, the langoustine, langoustine, langoustine uh, mm. has a good taste and does well in a boil. The whole seafood boil is just a great idea, sitting around and sharing food and stories. Uh, that will be part of the savor feast. <laughs> oh, I wish. This feast is getting out of hand, but yes. <laughs> or it goes on. I think it's going to be a minimum of five days at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. The dragon fruit is pretty cool. I've never bought a fresh one. I worry about getting a good one. I don't see it on a lot of menus, as I think it is one that can be so varied that chefs don't want to risk it. Um, and even despite the Lister mail about durian, I still want to try it at some point. I'm willing to give it a go. <laughs> I, I mean, I feel like the durian is very personal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, but but right. You know, like, like I enjoy experiences. Like they don't necessarily have to be... Um, Pleasant, pleasant experiences for me to find them positive. Uh, So I say I say at risk of like getting I do also get stuff like stuck at the top of my brain pretty easily. Mm. So I'm like, oh, man, that is a danger zone. Um, If I just get if I have if it's a very bad flavor and I get it stuck right at the top of my brain, that would not be enjoyable. Um, But which I feel is what happened to. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I still have the ice cream in my fridge. It's <laughs> it's plastic wrapped, uh, yeah. so you can't smell it. Uh, who knows if it's good anymore? But yeah, you've I gone do still through a number of refrigeration related dramas. Issues. Yeah, yes, this is true. Um, but. but yeah, our savor feast <laughs> could yeah. include something like that. It is going to be quite a feast. Yeah, uh, if when we ever do it. <laughs> We have so many things on the menu. We do. Mm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I did go to a restaurant recently and have crawdads, and it was very lovely. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, well. <laughs> uh, so but, but but you are correct. <laughs> boils in general are delightful. Um, yes, yeah. and and I do love. I I I mean I like food, but um but I do quite enjoy shellfish that has been boiled in that way. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but yes, uh, Katie wrote. After hearing the Five Spice episode, I had to share this holiday cocktail I came up with for my work. It uses a cranberry Five Spice syrup made by Raft, who make all kinds of excellent cocktail syrups um, that I delighted in making everyone smell. I mixed it with tart cherry juice, fig syrup, mezcal, egg whites, and cardamom bitters, uh, shaken with ice and poured directly in the glass to keep all the egg white froth intact, uh, then garnished with a star anise pod balanced on the rim. The smokiness of the mezcal and the warmth of the five spice syrup go together perfectly and are offset by the tart cherry juice. It's a nice break from all the sweets the holidays can bring while still hitting some of the classic notes. I'm sure one could make their own five spice syrup, uh, but after trying to make my own pie spice syrup and having trouble with the ratios, all I can say is good luck. I hope someone can enjoy this recipe. That sounds great. Right? To me. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. some of that's some of my favorite things all in one glass. Like like I love a tart cherry. Um I love a mezcal. Figs are terrific. Mm-hmm. Like like yes, like uh, yes to all of this. Um Yes. And I'm very intrigued by the five spice aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and also a star anise pod balanced on the, this is a very nice drink. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> this is heckin' fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this reminds me, I was kind of lamenting about the days of our early uh, Dungeons and Dragons where I would make these like yeah. very elaborate mm-hmm. uh drinks and mm-hmm. well you also weren't food. DMing. You also weren't DMing at the time. So like you yeah. had you're prepping other things going into our games. It's true. But I do miss that. And this was the type of thing I might have. Yeah. I might have tried to make. I don't I don't think I ever would have. The egg whites yeah. is a doing, difficult. Yeah. Doing a flip in, you know, yes. for like five people in a go is. Yeah. 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 But it does sound really lovely. Um, so thank you. Yeah. For sharing. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Yes, uh, and thanks to both of these listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressings, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. 
Puerto Rico is home to a thriving culinary scene based on products and traditions from the native Taino, African, and Spanish peoples that have influenced it. When you go, there are a host of restaurants, bars, breweries, distilleries, farms, and coffee houses to dig into, from five-star experiences to local favorites. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 